on paper, Grambling has way more on the line this week against Alabama State. But in my opinion, this matchup means just as much to the Hornets as it does to the Tigers. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor and current contributing writer at usa today's saints wired I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college to get your first deposit matched up to $100. Now, I've been yelling all last night, right? I was yelling all last night. I was at the Rangers game. Shout out to my Rangers. Shout out to the city, really. But I'm going to try to work with it. I'm going to get some tea after this, and we're going to be good. My throat is a little bit, my vocal cords a little bit off, right? So work with me. Anywho, we wrap up today's episode. Big news out of, out of South Carolina State. Buddy Pew, the face of the school, the face of South Carolina State Athletics, is now the interim athletic director, and it's kind of befitting on his way out of the door. Before that, we have a couple of games of the week that I want to look at in segment two. We'll look at Florida A&M versus Alabama A&M and why that game is still interesting despite the stakes being off of the table. And speaking of stakes, it would seem as if Grambling has way more on the line than Alabama State when they face off this weekend. But if you ask me, I think that this game should mean just as much to Bama State as it does to Grambling. Now, I understand on paper, it would seem like Grambling has way more to win, way more to lose. It's clear as new glass was on the table for Grambling. For Alabama State, it's a little bit murky. So let's get into the obvious one first. The East is sold up. The West is not. And Grambling is in the middle of a fight for the West. They're right there with Southern. They're right there with Alcorn. They're right there with Prairie View. Now, really, they're right there with Prairie View because they both got two losses. Yeah, they both got two losses. But in actuality, or excuse me, in actuality, they're right there with Prairie View. But when you look at it, they're right there grouped up with Southern and Alcorn. And I think it's safe to say that this is a must-win game for Grambling. You look at the rest of Grambling's schedule. You have Alabama State this week. You have UAPB next week. You have Southern the week after that. I think you might have to win out in order to make it to the SWAT championship game. And that's not a hot take or anything, but the reason I feel like this specifically is a must-win game is because you need to at least try to go into the last week of the season with a chance to win. And if you lose this week, Alcorn and Southern face each other. They both have one loss in the conference. One of them has to win. The winner will still have one loss in the, con one loss in the conference. If that team wins the following week, 
and Grambling has lost either this week or next week, but let's assume they beat UAPB. If they lose to Alabama State, you're looking at three losses with a team in a SWAC West only having one, and you cannot catch them with one game left. That's not possible. This is a must-win game. This is a must-win game. If Grambling wants to go into the Bayou Classic with a chance to win the SWAC West, this is a must-win game because if you lose this week and give yourself three losses, there is a good chance, a really good chance, that you will be eliminated from SWAC West contention by the following week. I think the stakes here are clear. And when you hear how they sound, you hear how dire that it is, well, clearly you know what Grambling has at stake. But what about Alabama State? What about Alabama State, the, the Hornets? What do they have here? And it's not as serious as that. On paper, it's way more. But what I'm talking about can't be judged on paper. It's about pride. And not the cliche, cornier way of saying you want to win every game no matter what. It's the fact that Alabama State, you believe that you're one of the best teams in the SWAC, right? We're looking at another team who believes they're one of the best teams in the SWAC. And yes, I'm sure that every team has a certain level of delusion, to feel like they're one of the better teams. These are two teams who can actually be in a conversation for their side of the division. Like I said, Grambling's fighting it out. They're one of the four teams in a four-team mashup for the SWAC West. You look at Alabama State, they're trying to prove, or they're trying to end with the, the better record than Alabama A&M, trying to end with a better record than Jackson State. They beat both of those teams, so they have the tiebreaker, and that's something that you could use in recruiting and all of that. But as of right now, I'm looking like, hey, as the Hornets, we're one of the best teams in the East. As the Tigers, you're one of the best teams in the West. Well, let's get it on and see who one of the better teams. It's just a, it's about asserting your dominance. It's not even, it's not even about this is just another game. It's not to me, Darian Gray, the mouth of the South. To me, this is me saying I'm better than you. And you're one of the teams I need to show that I'm better than. The first level is fam you. That's it. The first, you don't want to do a pyramid. The first level is fam you. Underneath them, there's a certain collection of teams. There's going to be somebody who's the worst of that collection, somebody who's the best of that collection. And Alabama State should be coming out to make a statement that we're closer to one of the best of those teams as opposed to one of the worst. You've knocked off Southern. You've knocked off, or excuse me, you're trying to knock off Grambling, but you've lost to Alcorn. You've knocked off Jackson State on your side. You knocked off Alabama A&M on your side. You win this game, there's a pretty good argument that you're one of the best teams. It would be hard for people to argue against it, right? This is something that's hidden for Grambling. And I want you to tell me if I'm tripping. Because I, I I don't know. I had no real expectations for Hugh Jackson as the head coach for Grambling. But I did have a certain standard that I feel like his tenure needed to hit quickly. I've said that Grambling needs to win out in order to win the SWAC West. But what about Grambling? Or excuse me, what about Hugh? Can Hugh afford to lose two or three? Can Hugh afford to lose to Southern and lose to Alabama State? I don't think he loses to UAPB, right? But you got to understand, if he loses two out of three, that puts him at a four and four record, 500. I don't know if that's enough for my standards. I don't know about Grambling standards. I don't know about Grambling's fan standards, right? But if you win two out of the three, you have five and three. You have a winning record. Maybe you feel like you're building up to something. But am I being unfair? Am I being unfair? Because... I'm not even using any kind of context, to be honest. I'm looking at year one was bad. Year two, if you go four and four and lose two out of your last three, looking at where Grambling was midway through the season, after Grambling knocked off PV, things looked high. 
And then things drop down quickly. I've been having these conversations. I'm not sitting here and going to rehash. If if Hugh Jackson doesn't do this, then I'm not doing that, right? Because one thing I don't do is root for Hugh to fail. I'm just simply keeping a close eye on that. I've made it very clear what I've where I've stood. I think I've subtly made it clear here. Is it time for other people to start having conversations if Hugh loses two out of three? If Hugh wins three out of three and they make it to the SWAC West, then they've done everything that I thought. And if they win three out of three and they're six and two, there's no complaints. That is what I'm expecting from Hugh Jackson. I'm not even talking about SWAC West champions. That's for Grambling. I know Grambling is looking for certain things. But for me, evaluating Hugh, I needed to see a certain level of success. Because I'm still trying to question, I'm still trying to wonder, is Hugh Jackson a winner? And that's something that I needed to see. Two out of three. I feel like two out of three is important. You're either going to win two out of three or you're going to lose two out of three. And I need to know what you're going to do and what will be the repercussions depending on which way that that goes. So that's just something a little bit extra. It's a must-win game for Grambling no matter what, even if you want to take my little quote-unquote conspiracy theory, if that's how you want to look at it. Because um, there's nothing proven that, they, that he's on the hot seat, just more so my own standards. But regardless, Grambling, Alabama State, these are two teams who this game should mean a lot to. Now, as we move forward, there's not so much on the line for FAMU. They got everything. They washed it up, but they're trying to be undefeated. So I guess you could say that they're still having something on the line. But either way, FAMU versus Alabama A&M is still an interesting game and one we should look at. So we're going to look at it as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, and Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Emphasis on the easy, because when you look at Prize Picks, you pick two to six players. And you pick the more or you pick the less. So let's just go. Let's go Calvin Ridley because he has a bye week. So let's go Calvin Ridley. Five and a half catches. Do you think he gets the six? If so, put the more. If you don't put the less. It's just that simple. And you do that same process with six players, two to six players, and you can hit your money. It's not difficult, is it? You can do the same thing with the NBA. Jason Tatum, um, more or less 20 and a half points. You think he is 21? You think he doesn't? Is that something you can do with the NBA? The MLB is over now. We know what it is, right? I'm I'm sorry. I'm not even going to say anything else about the MLB. Just know I'm excited for my city. So you could do it for the NBA. You could do it for the NFL. And they have special things like Taco Tuesdays. It's extremely simple. And if a player is injured or doesn't play, then your your money comes back to you. They're not even going to hold that against you. So it's really that Simple. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college for a 100 or excuse me, a first deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, on Fridays, we will have our college football kickoff live. So make sure you check that out. Even if you can't catch it live, it'll be recorded and stored on the podcast page and the uh, YouTube page, both Locked on HBCU. So you can go ahead and check that out and be a more informed and engaged college football Fan, but right now we have another game of the week that I wanted to highlight, and that's Florida AM versus Alabama AM. And I know that this game may seem like it's lost a little bit of luster, and admittedly, it has. 
Admittedly, it has lost a little bit of luster after the actions of last week, which was Alabama State knocking off Alabama A&M. So Alabama A&M lost last week, and then Florida A&M won last week. And with that outcome, Florida A&M is the Swackies champions, and now Alabama A&M seemingly has nothing to fight for. And no, I'm not going to tell you it's pride again. That was, what, three minutes ago? Not even, right? I've done that already. Can't run it back. You know, got to be a little bit more clever. Got to be a little bit more creative than that. This ain't even about what's on the line. This is an interesting game. If we were interested in this game prior to right now or prior to last week, then we should be interested in this game now. The reason I say that is because the SWAC East Championship is not on the line, but we looked at this as a possible game that Alabama A&M could steal. Well, I mean, just because the SWAC East isn't on the line, that doesn't mean they can't steal it now. Just because the SWAC East isn't on the line doesn't mean it doesn't have some interesting parts to this game. I've said it before, and I will say it every single time that I talk about the Rattlers from here on out. They are the best team in this conference. They are the best team in this conference, and they should beat everybody. But that doesn't mean that they will. I think that every game from here on out for FAMU will be very interesting. All the conference games. This game here, which we'll you know, elaborate on in a second. You have Bethune-Cookman at the end of the year. That's a rivalry game. I would never count out Bethune-Cookman against FAMU. I might count out Bethune-Cookman against other teams, but that talent gap doesn't mean much when you're talking about a rivalry. And then at the end of the year, you have the SWAC championship game. And here's the thing about FAMU. Though I feel like they're better than everybody else, they can make mistakes, and they have made mistakes. And you would think that whoever comes out of the West might be able to take advantage of those mistakes. This could be an interesting game, could be challenging, because FAMU's going to have to play a 60-minute game, which they haven't done frequently. And then at the end of the year, they're going against the MEAC champions. And I don't think there needs to be any explanation in that. They will not be a significantly better team than the MEAC champion. They won't. I don't. And if it's North Carolina Central, we got to put them on equals. You got to. If you're not putting Central above, right? Like there's just certain things. They, they, the rest of their season is not as cupcakes and, and, and Cheerios, right? It's not that. But the one game I didn't break down was Alabama AM. And I think that this game against the Bulldogs is very similar to how I previewed the SWAC championship game. Alabama AM has some talent, and they have the talent to be able to take advantage if you make mistakes. Like that's that's the real thing. If you mess up, Alabama AM might be able to do something. Because they have a, a quarterback, they have an offense that has shown the ability to put up points. They just haven't been able to put up points against the caliber of defenses, fam. You and that's kind of what I'm looking for out of them when i'm looking at alabama a&m i've said it before man everybody got so high on this alabama a&m hype train after they beat uapb and that was not enough for me so now i've been really looking and i've been like okay what's alabama a&m gonna do but when you go up against talented defense you don't do anything you're not that talented of an offense period and i know what they did against jackson state that's what they quarterback coming in mid game. And you didn't, you didn't game plan for, for Lankford. You game plan for Quincy Casey and it didn't work. Maybe you should have game plan for Lankford. I don't know, but I know that when you have a backup quarterback come in, sometimes that can light a fire. Sometimes they can do some things that the, the defense just didn't expect, but I saw how shut down they were previous to this. I've seen it. I've seen the mistakes that he made, even with the 30 points, he threw two interceptions. 
The offense don't hit the same. I seen what they did against Southern. Offense don't hit the same. I seen what they did against Alabama State. Offense don't hit the same. So now you're going against Florida A&M. And if you do it against Florida A&M and you all of a sudden have the same offensive explosion that you had against a team like UAPB, I'll shut up. I promise you I will. Like, I, I still won't crown you. You've taken the ability to be crowned off. But this whole you can't do it against good defenses, okay, I'll debt that. I'll debt that narrative, right? But you have to be able to do it. And that's going to be the intrigue of the game because I don't know if they can because they haven't. And this isn't like sometimes when people say interesting, it's not even not some, when people sometimes when I say interesting, let me not even put that on nobody else. Sometimes when I say interesting, it's not even so much about the outcome. It's about how we get to the outcome. So if Alabama a and wins, I'd be shocked, right? Like this will be an upset. I don't want to say shocked, but I'd be surprised. This will be an upset. But I don't care if they win or lose. I really just want to watch to see how that offense performs. Like, that's all that really matters to me. Everything else is is kind of a, a side story. And I know that's the outcome, but that's kind of a side story. I want to see how the offense performs because that's the thing that I've been looking at when it comes to Alabama A&M all year wrong. That's what they need to prove, and that's my intrigue. And then also for Florida A&M, you just want to go undefeated. Like, I forgot to mention that at the beginning. FAMU is just looking to go undefeated. They haven't done that in the SWAC since coming to the SWAC. They've lost the first game of the year and went undefeated everywhere else, or um, from that point on, I should say, excuse me. This is your year to go undefeated. Can you do it? Now, one team that's not going undefeated is South Carolina State. In South Carolina State, their acting, excuse me, their acting athletic director has resigned, and now Buddy Pugh, of all people, is stepping into that role as the interim AD and it comes with some interesting stuff that I really want to explore as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you should have put some money down on the Rangers. The, not the New York Rangers, not the hockey team. But hockey is back. So you can put some money down on hockey if you would like to. But you should have put some money down on them Texas Rangers. Them boys out in Arlington. Because they are now the World Series champions, the first uh, World Series championship in franchise history. So it's a very big moment, very exciting. And if you would have put a $5 bet down on that game in favor of the Rangers, you would have won $150 back in free bets and bonus bets, excuse me. So that's free money. That's right back at you. You didn't even have to do nothing but be successful. I've given you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to say, okay, I want to take advantage of this for just putting down a bet. But now you got to win. And I believe in you. You should believe in you. We all believe in you. Just put $5 down, win that bet, get $150 back in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, it's very simple, very easy, very beneficial. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. As a wrap of today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day, making it all the way to segment three. And I thank you two times for that. Now, in a little bit of a turn of events, Buddy Pugh, the face of South Carolina State Athletics, is now the athletic director for the Bulldogs. And this is something that I ain't gonna lie, kind of caught me off guard. I think it probably caught a lot of people off guard. But 
the acting athletic director, Keisha Campbell. She has resigned and she has stepped down from her position as an acting AD. So now they've decided to put Buddy Pugh in that position. And I don't know if he's acting or interim. I don't know if there's a different, like, I don't, I don't know that part of it, right? So I'm going to call him interim because I do believe there's a difference and I don't believe he's acting. But the new interim AD is Buddy freaking Pugh. And you know what? This is so befitting. As a guy who's been everything for South Carolina State, and I don't just mean that in the figurative sense of, like, he has embodied that. He is the face of athletics for that school because football is the biggest sport. He's been there for over 20 years as the head coach. But prior to that, he's been a player. He's been assistant. He's been a head coach now. And now he's able to be the athletic director. In the face of the school, from an athletic standpoint, is now the head guy at the school from an athletic standpoint. And for some odd reason, I can't think of a better way to write him off. And I'm not saying that he's going to be the AD from forever, right? But he's retiring this year. And now he gets this spot on the way out. Even if it's only momentary, I believe it's going to be a temporary position. But that just feels right. I don't know why. You're looking at Buddy Pugh, former offensive lineman, former assistant coach, current head coach, soon to be former because he's retiring at the end of the season. He's done everything for South Carolina State, been the face of the university as the head coach of the biggest sport on campus. And now he's going to be the face and also the head guy of athletics as he eases his way on out the door. That just feels right. Now, the reason I feel confident in this being temporary is because somebody who's been around South Carolina State for 50 years, when he retired, he's ready to leave. Like, I wasn't, he wasn't plotting on this position. I don't think he was, I'm going to retire so I can go be the AD. I don't think so. I think he's ready to go sit on his couch and chill out. Like, I think he's ready to just be done. That's what I would think. 50 years into this, and I say I'm retiring. Yeah, I'm done. I'm not trying to move into a new position. I'm done, right? Um, now, one of the things that becomes a little bit interesting is he is retiring. So you would think that as an athletic director, depending on, because I don't know how long he'll be there. A.D. Campbell is the acting A.D. for 15 months, and she didn't get a permanent position. I don't know if they were still actively searching and what I, I don't I don't know all of that, but you can be an interim AD for a season. You could he could reasonably be the athletic director. In March, and you probably have a new coach hired already by that point. So I was thinking, dang, is Buddy Pugh going to hire his own replacement? Did a little bit of digging, read the, the HBCU game day article. And according to them, this is going to be a presidential higher and what that means is it's not going to be the athletic director let's say that they find a, a a new ad in a month let's find it they say they find a new ad before they find a head coach it doesn't matter how soon it is they find a new athletic director before they find a new head football coach it seemingly from that article from what, what i was able to read it's not even going to be on the ad to make that decision because the president is going to want to make this one and they've hired a, a consulting firm to help with the coaching search. But I think that also got put on pause because the president is hiring whoever the new head football coach is. It'll be interesting, but that's what I'm hearing. That's what I, that's what I read. I don't even say what I'm hearing. That's what I read. So from a standpoint of what it means, 
to be Buddy Pew, yeah, that means a lot. That's a big deal. But from the standpoint of him hiring his own replacements, which would it kind of would have been a little bit cool, but it's not going to happen, seemingly. It's going to be the president, because I guess this is, they're viewing this as, this is an extremely important decision. We need the president to step in and do it. It does feel a little weird, and knowing that that's going to be the case, I do hope that they hire a coach before the AD, because to me, if you're going to hire a new AD, you should let him hire, him or her, hire their own head coach in football. Like That's just how I feel about it. If they're already going to be in this position, then they should do it, and that'll be a real new era for them. But if they step in, the first big move they their position would typically make is taken away from them. I'm just not a personal fan of that. I don't know how the business go and all of that, so maybe I'm off. But from my from my viewpoint, from my uh, um, framework, from my knowledge that I have in the past, if you get an AD, the first big decision that they're supposed to make at their position should be theirs to make and not the president. So I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. That was your first big decision of November 2nd, and you made the right one. Now, on tomorrow, November 3rd, make that same right decision as we come in with our game of the week, which is Southern versus Alcorn, probably the most important game. So that's going to be our game of the week. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, I appreciate you. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.